Well, I don't speak so meanly a podcast robot. A podcast robot tied you up and stuck you in a back room. It's all right. I got cake. (laughs) He doesn't know any better. He was only made for one purpose, podcasting. That's all I wanted. That's all I ever wanted in this world. Yeah, I don't know that he's especially good at podcasting either. Did you really give him a shot? I did. I think he probably did a good job. Mm, I don't know about that. Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Either way, now that you're here, do you want to do our podcast? I guess. Hey everyone, welcome to Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs, a Frasier podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Diana. <laughs> Did you forget? Yeah, I was like <laughs> reading something. Uh, I can start over. No, that's staying okay. in. Today we are talking about episode 812, The Show Must Go Off. Oh. <laughs> Did you just realize the title? Yeah. What it meant? I was reading the IMDb page on this, and I like that, like, there's trivia just about the opening scene, the credits, (laughs) Uh and they're like, crazy credits or something. Well, I think that's in literally every episode of Frasier, it's going to have the crazy credits thing. This is not crazy. No, they, when, when they say crazy credits, literally all they mean is it's different than the standard, like, every, that comes up every time. Which means if you have a thing that comes up often enough for a podcast to bring up which one they did in each episode, then that means every episode is going to have it. Yeah, which makes it not crazy. Yeah, right. Like, it's not weird because, like, it's not different because they're all different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a little window lights going on. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The episode is 21 minutes and 40 seconds. It looks like I wrote 21 minutes and 80 seconds. (laughs) Uh huh. Uh-huh. And uh, who's our writer? The writer is Mark Reisman, who before this has written two episodes, Father of the Bride, which was when Daphne mistakenly thought Frasier and Martin were going to pay for the wedding, and then Frasier decides to uh, plan the entire wedding. And then Big Crane on Campus, which is the one with Lorna. Mm-hmm. So that's the only two that Mark Reisman has written before this. And it starts at a sci-fi convention. Where you, it's the only place to find X-Men comics. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, I get, sometimes you go to one of these things and you can find, like, rare ones. Yeah, like, I feel like there's a reason to go. But also you have to pay for that ticket to get into a sci-fi convention. Though I feel mm-hmm. like at one point, conventions are very popular now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's always was the case. Yeah, no, I definitely, I went randomly so i remember when in like the early 90s there was like a star trek convention at the like the like civic center in bangor and we went there for free i think mainly because we were at a different thing nearby and my dad wanted to go to the star trek convention because he happened to see that it existed and so we went in there in there for a little while and you is this like when you also went to the state fair no, this oh, okay. was when we were there for a like Boy Scout convention or a Cub Scout convention or something. That um, they're like, ah, yes, this is the table where we sell the neckerchiefs, Chiefs. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm not sure, but here's here's our selection of tan shorts. <laughs> well, I remember I did learn how to do rappelling at that. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. You're making a face. That isn't going to come across. But yeah, no, I went repelling, um, which that didn't frighten me. But then there was this thing with this, like, it was like a, a wooden, like, like wooden sort of like thin logs that made like a ramp. So you kind of had to climb up the logs and then it went horizontally. Mm-hmm. So it was like 45 degree angle thing up to about eight feet in the air. This is like every top monitor. <laughs> right. And then at eight feet in the air, it was a horizontal thing that was also those kind of separated like like oh, like laws. This is things. more Ninja Warrior, sorry. <laughs> and then uh, uh, another forty five degree angle down, and so you're just supposed to climb up, crawl kind of across, and then climb back down. Does that hurt your knees? Uh, I mean, it could if you're on your knees. The idea is you're on your feet and holding on with your like kind of bent over, holding on with your hands. But it like halfway across, I just froze. That scared the crap out of me, even though. We were only maybe like eight feet in the air. Repelling down didn't bother me when we were way higher on Sometimes, that. Sometimes, like, this is the thing about, like, roller coasters for me is, like, one, I'm in a seat mm-hmm. where I'm, like, sitting, mm-hmm. which was relatively safe feeling. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not really sure how I feel about those ones. Like, I don't know if I could do the ones where they, like, strap you in and you're, like, flying. Mm-hmm. That, to me, feels like I would fall out. Uh-huh. But I don't, it's that feeling, that sensation of falling. This is a weird thing about like heights, uh, being scared of things, is that fear is not universal. Right. You can say like, oh, lots of people are scared of heights, lots of people are scared of spiders. Right. But it's like, sometimes, I don't even know, every time, you know, people talk about like, oh, this is like why I'm scared of heights, people will be like, well, I'm scared of this. And like, you can say the same thing of being scared of falling, but then some people can do certain things and it doesn't bother them. And other yeah. people it really does. Right. And it's that I always find really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you and I both would say that we have a fear of heights, but we are afraid of entirely different experiences mm-hmm. that like things that do not bother me at all frighten you a lot. And like things- the scary bridge. <laughs> the scary bridge. You would right. think that you would be scared of it, as that is the name of the bridge. Yeah, except it's not. It's literally just a thing you say. That have you been on that bridge? <laughs> it's scary. I have. I don't find it scary at all. It's like a graded bridge mm-hmm. with traffic going a million miles an hour, and it bumps the bridge up and down, and then you can see in the water. And also, mm-hmm. it's like right back. It's just like everything is holes. You could just slip right through. Yeah. Except you can't. It's they're very, very small holes. A person can't. Well, not through the grate, but then you're right by the bridge, and it's just like all you need is like one crazy person to like knock you over, and you're like <laughs> falling like fifty feet into like a water. <laughs> one water, one whole water. You're gonna fall all the way into a water. It's true. Uh, anyway, Fraser, we should keep s- s- stay on target. Uh, n- nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's at this sci-fi convention specifically with Roz with Roz just kind of I think to have a friend to go with or maybe to help like look because he doesn't know where to go to get okay so I love that he's going there to get X-Men comics for Freddy Mm -hmm. because he said no to an eyebrow ring Uh uh-huh eyebrow ring what do you think is better an eyebrow ring if you're this kind of parent Mm -hmm. eyebrow ring or X-Men comics X-Men comics because you're uh the owning the x-men comic is less likely to affect your 
like entrance interview for a school or a job or something or an internship or whatever to get into some prestigious thing that Fraser or Lilith is going to want him to be able to do. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess that's why my sister went to art school. <laughs> right. Since she had an eyebrow ring. But like that, that is a, it is a direction that takes you towards like a, a outward visible, like, body modification direction that will uh that will make conservative people that are going to be interviewing you for that kind of stuff look well, you down wanna, on you. you have to look like a business professional right which and is yeah don't with an eyebrow ring so which is dumb because it's so dumb you can yeah. be professional like i do not have a professional like look to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. but i can be professional yeah. Meanwhile, I'm not really very professional, but I definitely have a professional look to me. Mm-hmm. I look professional, mm-hmm. which is lame. I might be more professional than Dave. <laughs> Maybe. Um, well, I can pretend that I'm professional. Yes, that's fair. So yeah, Fraser trying to find this uh, this comic wants to know where. I guess he knows to go to Cubby's World of Comics. So I'm guessing, like, Freddy's like, oh, this is really cool, blah, blah, blah. You need to go there. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe he just knows somehow. So I like who he asks. Yeah, that's a Klingon mm-hmm. there. Which, like, so, I mean, the thing is, what what we see of, like, a like actual interactions with people that are dressed up makes it seem like this is just a Star Trek convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's clearly not. It's clearly no, not just that. Jackson ha- Headley, Headley, Headley. Yep. Yeah, is there from Space Patrol? Space Patrol. So yeah. maybe it. I mean, they definitely say it's a sci-fi convention. So sure, yeah. It's all science mm-hmm. fiction, but like Star Trek is a very huge part of that. But also Star Wars would be too. Yeah, no, that that is definitely true. Um, I, I guess I'm gonna. I want to skip ahead a little bit just mm-hmm. to continue this particular conversation because we're gonna see Noel later once Roz. Uh, Roz yeah. And Fraser... Did you think like you were gonna we're gonna see Noel? It's oh, been yeah. a really long time since we've seen Noel. It has. And I feel like his ears are sticking out even more in this <laughs> than usual. Possibly, yeah. But because my thing is, he sees her, and imme- he sees Roz there, and immediately is like, "Oh, you're a closet Trekkie," and it's like, "Well." But this isn't a Star Trek convention. This yeah, is a I, sci-fi she, convention. If she was like looking at the Star Trek table. Right. But I feel like she's just at the comics table. Yeah. And also, if I'm at a convention, any sort of like con like this, I look at tables that aren't necessarily the thing that I'm into. Yeah, so when, even if like, I know like when we go to PAX, people just come up and they're like, oh, wow, New York closet like into Overwatch, like your Overwatch <laughs> fan, closet yeah. Overwatch fan. Yeah, which you obviously have to be if you're looking at a thing near... If you're at a video game convention, obviously you're into Overwatch. No, you avert your eyes from anything that isn't the things you're specifically interested in. Like, you only ever look at the spe- very specific things that you're definitely Yeah, that's into. why I wear a monocle when I go to conventions. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that completely changes it. Yeah, and then people are like, you're really into Monopoly. <laughs> Okay, side thing, which I know that's our whole podcast, but so many people associate a monocle with Monopoly. He doesn't have but a monocle. Uncle Pennybags has never had a monocle. I know. And like... But in my head, I was like, yeah, that will work. But it's not, I'm saying, it's not just you. It's like such a common thing in pop culture. I was where, saying that, and I was just like, 
I don't think he even has a monocle. He doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, what is up? You know why? Because he's a top hat. He does have a top hat. I think he, he has spats on his shoes. He might, yeah. But he doesn't have a monocle. But like when people dress up. Mr. Peanut up, does. Mr. Peanut does, yeah. Mr. Peanut and Uncle Pennybags or Moneybags or whatever. I think whatever. it's rich, um, rich Uncle Pennybags. That is, makes no sense. And I think that's the joke. Oh, okay. Well, like he can hang out with Mr. Peanut. Sure, yeah. Why yeah. is Mr. Peanut so fancy? He is one, well, I guess because, a fancy uh, nuts. Because he, sells, he, he makes a lot of money selling out his people. <laughs> I'm not oh yeah this is a weird thing when you're the mascot and the mascot is the thing that you are yeah like yeah the tuna yeah the same tuna eat my people eat them <laughs> let me help you with that yeah let's like yeah the that tuna yeah charlie tuna yeah like, charlie not sam yeah yeah uh, the only reason I know that it's Charlie is because there was a bunch of ads that kept coming up on Hulu recently mm-hmm. that with um, Candace what, Cameron. Candace Cameron, yeah, and she's like, "Hey, Charlie," and she's very like, "I'll beat and Does talk remember, up here." Do people like, yeah. remember who Candace Cameron is? Because I knew who that was. Yeah, I mean, I might remember that more because she did marry that hockey player <laughs> valerie bure uh-huh no i remember no i mainly it was like the reason i remembered her name was because charlie calls her candace in the commercial yeah i knew who it was yeah but anyway like it's like now most of what he was selling in those ads is actually chicken which is a weird it's all weird, weird. Like, the whole thing is weird okay weird. so anyways noel's there and he's being gross yeah it's like oh oh good Noel's here and talking to Roz so obviously I mean at this point like how freaking clueless yeah this is this is it's gone beyond it being like it has to be honestly like I would feel like at this point like there's something wrong with him that he doesn't does just doesn't understand like like not just like a nerd not understanding social norms like a like oh you don't understand like what you're not picking up on any subtleties because there is something going on with you where you don't understand that because at this point it's just so inappropriate yeah i mean it's either that or it is a feigned ignorance to the point of it being like he's doing it on purpose mainly to continue a like an uncomfortable sort of like actual hostile environment, but he's enjoying the like the way that she's uncomfortable about it. Like that's the only. Ew. It's, I know. I okay. know. Well, let's talk about the actual meat of the episode, sure. which is Jackson Headley, who's here from Space Patrol, who's mm-hmm. you know where we find out that this person was put on this like one man show at. Fraser and Niles' high school. Yeah, but like, like a he was the first like great Shakespearean actor they ever saw, and like introduced them to Shakespeare and made them like love his work and everything. Love the bard. Love the bard. There's yes. only one bard. Well, when you say the bard, that's who people are talking about. I never, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, when people say talk about people no one I know talks about. The I'm just bard. saying people refer to Shakespeare as the bard. He's. I the might one. not hang out with those people. Though. You might not. Yeah. I can think of one person you hang out with who might say that, but... I don't think they would say that. You definitely would know what this is talking about. 
Uh, also, so the interesting thing that I've once again learned from this transcript uh, site is mm-hmm. that, so yeah, again, I use transcripts from KACL780.net. So again, I want to thank them uh, for that site existing because it's helping me out a whole lot with cutting my note t- taking time in half. Okay, so the actor that plays uh, Headley here is uh, Sir Derek Jacoby, and which he he's like an actual like he, he he the reason he's Sir Derek Jacoby is because he was knighted for being a th- like for his work in the theater. Like he's a mm. Shakespearean actor who like is very well known. Are you for... telling me he's not actually an android named to- Tober to- <laughs> Torvor? To- yeah. Yeah. No, but. Also, the guy in line who tells him about the show uh-huh. is also a Shakespearean actor in the Oregon like theater scene. Wait, the person with long hair? Yeah. The so- Fraser's all like, oh, you know, he's <laughs> all like, where have you been? How do you not know about this TV show? And he's all like, getting a haircut. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, that, he is also a Shakespearean actor, uh, which the guy who wrote this transcript is like, I saw him perform live i know this because i've seen him perform what yeah that's crazy (laughs) yeah um but yeah tobor is the android and yep i love that he's just typecast as like a Uh mutant or a you know like if that's him branching out he's gonna play a mutant but he's like always like a robot of some kind right yeah uh it's it's funny so looking at this now with the knowledge of the entire episode him saying, oh, I can't really do anything on the stage now because I've been typecast by this show is really funny to me because, like, understanding that that's not the problem. Like, we will, as we will find out, that's not the problem. That's what, not are you, the what are you saying? I'm saying it's not just because he acted well, as an android. Well, he's overacts, essentially. Yeah, not he's like... super overactor, yeah. Also... This is essentially um, Alan Rickman's character in Galaxy Quest, a classically trained Shakespearean it actor is... who acted in. Had Galaxy Quest come mm-hmm. out already? Yeah, this had so been. Then out... it has to be a nod to that, probably, because yeah, it had been out a couple years or, or like a year, year and a half, two years, somewhere in that range when this came out. Because yeah, that's Alan Rickman's character is a classically trained Shakespearean actor who's like stuck as being kind of typecast as somebody who was in essentially Star Trek. But yeah, it, essentially like it's the same thing. It's like they took this episode idea from Galaxy Quest and decided to make that guy, what if Frasier ran into him like and recognized him as a Shakespearean actor? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. So like Frasier goes up to him and says like, you're great and thanks. And like he's happy that someone recognizes him from like his one like first love, essentially. Right. Like, the yeah. theater and like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And then kind of go to the next. I mean, is there more to talk about in this? Section? No, just basically like, except the bit where Roz is trying to say like, what's the, you know, he's got lots of fans that love him. Like, why are you, why do why would you feel bad about that? And then we find out like, oh, he does kids birthday parties and such. And so, so I, I mean, I've seen Ghostbusters too. So (laughs) yeah, that was also meant to seem like they were being demeaned and that their career was going nowhere. I didn't think it seemed that bad. It well, was in definitely pretty too, bad, it in did, but not necessarily in this. Yeah, I think the idea being that like a famous Shakespearean actor shouldn't need to do kids' birthday parties. Yeah, acting is hard. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. The thing about making money as an actor, especially if you're not someone that's like Tom Cruise or something, mm-hmm. some huge name actor, is that like if you do a few big roles, right, you get you might have lots and lots of money and you might be able to just live on that and take little roles and whatever. Right. And like that might be fine. Sure. And like you might weave in and out of like having a a career essentially Mm -hmm. but if you're somebody that is a smaller actor like this Mm -hmm. you you do what you have to do yeah i feel like the issue here is that fraser views him as being on on par with say uh sir derek jacoby and uh sir derek jacoby doing uh uh kids parties would be pretty bad like, if he had to do that to live. Um, by the way, if you would like us to uh, do your kid's party, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know what we would do. I guess we I could either. balloon animals. <laughs> do you want us to watch uh, your kid's favorite show and uh, watch an episode and talk at length about our thoughts about our it? Our new podcast is all about Barney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you do, that's a new Patreon level that we're going <laughs> to... Oh, Curious George, 100%. Let's do that. Okay, okay. You know, it sounds like I'm joking about that, but I might actually be serious. Um, so, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> All right, so then we're back at the apartment. Um, so Niles has picked up Martin from the airport. Mm-hmm. He was out somewhere with Duke in Florida. In Florida, he went to Florida with Duke. I love that his highlight is Captain Pete's Gator Farm, where uh-huh. he went multiple times. Mm-hmm. But also, we get this. Where's Daphne? Oh, she has mm-hmm. oh, the she has flu. Cl- yeah, she has a flu. Yeah. Or Martin Ugh. makes a really mean comment. Ugh. Yeah, it's so mean. Like it's I I hated this. Why line. would you make fun of somebody in this way that you cared about? Yeah, it's just mean. Like that's like Oh, she caught the flu from standing in front of a fridge because she's been eating a lot. That's a very Yeah. It, mean That's very mean. It's just mean. Yeah, that's my like I think that's where I thought where my problem with this entire storyline always came from and where it will continue to be is that it's because I don't think Mark I understand people being concerned yeah about someone seemingly gaining this is the thing it's just that someone's gaining like rapid weight over a short amount of time like at this speed because like this is is what happened with Frasier and it wasn't like it, it was because, you know, he was depressed from, like, right. losing his job. He was feeling depressed, and he he just, you know, and it was a signal to people that something was going on. Right. With Daphne, people were just making fun of her. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, that's, yeah. so that's kind of disappointing. But I also feel like this is, she's not on this episode. Yeah, and, and it really is just sort of like. There's an episode she wasn't in, so they need to write a reason for it. But it's like they do it by saying one quick throwaway thing that's actually pretty mean. Like, there's plenty of ways to do this that aren't this. And uh, so then we see Niles has got the, uh, you know, he he went and he found the autograph that he got from mm-hmm. I love Jackson this, Headley. like, written on the back of, like, the gym note, uh-huh. which is just like, please excuse him from Jim because just, you know. The- for, for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did find um, that funny. 
but uh, I love that he still had the autograph. Uh-huh. And then they basically come up with a scheme <laughs> yeah. where it's just like, oh, we can easily just get a theater. <laughs> and we can, you know, we'll do it on Monday when the theaters aren't showing anything. Uh-huh. You know, it's a one-man act, so you don't need a, to put a lot of, like, effort into, like, w- yeah. the backdrops and all these things. Okay, so this is something that I do actually legitimately love in this episode, is this is, this feels like a very much a Frasier thing that happens. Where oh, yeah, like, I like let's do a quick, Let's do a quick little fun thing. It'll mm-hmm. be fine. And then we'll change the world. Will everyone Yeah, will yeah, know. I Every- love how <laughs> it's just, like, it's this little thing, and, like, oh, it could be on TV, uh-huh. and it could do this, and we could sell T-shirts and do all these things. <laughs> yeah. Because I love that their whole point of this is, like, he's doing this thing demeaning himself by selling all these you know things at the like sci-fi convention selling himself yeah yeah. and then they're like no he could sell t-shirts from the one-man show where they're going to revive this man's career which is not dead right yeah that's exactly the thing too like i guess i hadn't even thought of it until right now until you were talking about it now where like i was just thinking about them being excited about the really big impact but also yeah there's the fact that they're gonna try and save him from this world where he's just a tv actor who sells posters and t-shirts and stuff and make him somebody with a tv show who could sell posters and t-shirts yeah i know i love it yeah Um, it's really good so Uh, now we're in the next section trot trotting the bards mm -hmm. uh oh i get it because it's like the boards yeah 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 so yeah. Niles and you know this is the thing when I write down the title I don't think about it so when <laughs> I say the title again I'm like oh okay I understand yeah. the reference <laughs> right, right. that's a theater that they rented right and they're talking about how they're doing such a great job of getting people to go and the interest in the show uh-huh. and that it's like uh, gonna sell out yeah and, yeah and it's then, actually selling really well already nobody's mm-hmm seen anything about it it's just about their word of mouth and it's to selling me, well. i feel like it would sell well because people know this person from space patrol <laughs> well sure yeah probably they'd be like space patrol that's a guy let's go because <laughs> this <laughs> definitely is a thing that happens yeah no absolutely so obviously this person's so famous that there are probably people that went to this convention just to get an autograph because that is how sci- oh, yeah. sci-fi conventions work yeah yeah like i mean we went to that one uh that one convention that was all about like you know spooky stuff or whatever and they had the person i mean from it was the craft. a convention it was like a craft fair craft fair okay whatever it's the, mm-hmm. the the point is part of what the way they sold it was by having one of the people from the craft there like um, just she was doing tarot readings i believe was she i don't even yes. remember that happened that was yes yeah but it's like, yeah, they totally, that was part of the selling point of going to this mm-hmm. thing was that the people that would want to go to it would be excited that somebody from the craft was going to be there. Yeah. And like doing signings and things like that. And apparently tarot readings, which I did not remember. Yeah, that that was she was thing. like pulling cards. She was doing something else other than <laughs> okay. that. And I was just like, well, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he shows up. Yep. Jackson and, Hitley. And, you know, he's a little, he's talking about getting the jitters and sort yeah. of like and stage fright. And the <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not great when the person you think of as like uh you know the great stage actor all is, is like dry heaving just standing on the stage. It's uh, been a while. <laughs> apparently, it's been a while. It has been. And then, but it's okay because he's getting right back into that performance. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he he's, now he remembers it all. He's getting there. I wish he's I could get- do this gasp that he does. Oh, <laughs> this like <gasps> kind yeah, of thing. yeah, where yeah. like <laughs> it's definitely like. His, I love this idea of him doing that and like just taking this 
big breath in. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just so noisy. Yeah, and yeah. Dramatic. Uh huh. And yeah, it's supposed to be a sign of him dying, but it's just terrible. Like it's just unpleasant to listen to. It's so overdramatic and ridiculous and and wonderful. Yeah, because it's like this. It's like the Hamlet dying you scene. Know what's so weird and like messed up? What's that? Is so many movies and shows have to like show someone dying like in mm-hmm. the like and and then we like we're like mimicking that mm-hmm. and then like there are people that have seen their loved ones or other people die like it's a very traumatic kind of thing uh-huh. it's very weird that's a yeah. very weird thing and i know like it's that part of life mm-hmm Anyway, yeah, this people talk about like when when you hear the phrase like like chewing the scenery, this is like I've never heard that phrase. <laughs> what is that? It's this. It's this thing of basically being so over dramatic and re- like just crazy with your acting that essentially you might as well be like literally chewing on the I scenery don't know just if to I show how actually... like extreme understood how bad that this was supposed to be because i feel like they're acting like oh this is the worst but i honestly think if i saw this performance i might be like well this is hard to sit through but Mm -hmm. it might be kind of funny because it's so sure bad right right it might be funny it's not what you're gonna look for if you're trying to go see a very a good well acted night of of shakespeare this This is is the thing you have to have the bad actors to make the good actors good. I don't know if you do. Because yeah. the thing is, the fact is, what he's doing feels so... No, this is how people don't know. It's like when you have a like a bad dating experience, you're like, that was a bad dating experience. But then you have a good dating experience and you can be like, oh, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. It gives you insight to the things. Okay. Counterpoint. If you're watching somebody acting and they're trying to do something really like emotional, uh, you're supposed to it's supposed to be realistic in a, to a level where you forget their acting. Either not only forget their acting, but actually it triggers the emotions that they're trying to trigger in you. And that doesn't happen. I think that's the problem with any Shakespeare thing is that I almost always feel so removed by that language mm-hmm. that I don't understand. Like, I, it can be really hard to. I think that's. Yeah. So, yeah. In that case, it's just like, which is not to say that I haven't seen like I've definitely seen Shakespeare where it's just like oh okay I don't totally understand everything that's being said yeah, yeah. here yeah. but I understand because of the actions that people are taking and mm-hmm. like the work and like the delivery and like how people are talking to mm-hmm. each other like you're it's easy to convey that mm-hmm. I mean obviously not that easy <laughs> yeah well keep in mind uh, it, you're saying this to me and I'm like yeah you're talking to a guy with ADD and auditory processing disorders yeah I understand what it means to not get anything out of Shakespeare. I definitely get that because like there's plenty well, of it that I've seen I think where that's I'm like, why I didn't I enjoy it. Happening. I don't know what any of them are saying. Well when I read it in school, I was just like, Yep. Yeah. I, I don't 
like it's one thing to read like one paragraph of something and be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is really cool. It's got some interesting things. Mm-hmm. But when you're reading an entire play, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not getting like the you know, and you're like, your teacher's like, on this part here is blah blah blah, and it's just like, why does any of this matter? Why <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I don't. I, the, I, that's, I think the reason it matters is because so much of it influenced so much else, and so you can kind of see like where a lot of current ideas of drama and comedy come from a lot of it started with shakespeare or is popularized in by shakespeare and so you there was something to learn there and some of it's still very good but like yeah if you can't really follow it then you you aren't gonna care because it yeah it feels so like separated from who you are and who what matters to you and anyways this is a terrible performance and now and now we're moving on to the department i love martin's got his alligator pictures back sure does sure does of when they were feeding that feeding chickens that gator and which like i kind of get where like why a person would find this entertaining i wouldn't want to go do it but i get why you'd want to go out on a fan boat and see like like See Feed gator up close. Gator. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I don't. Cool. I don't think there. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. Well, that's why people watch Shark Week. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I get to see this dangerous thing up close. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The the one I do like is that like, after when showing all these pictures, there's also that one picture of Duke's bypass scar. Just because you know you need to use the roll. I've which, done it. Man, remember when you had to use up the roll? Love it. Like, ah, oh, yeah, that was totally a thing where it's like, if you want to get your pictures, well, you've taken all but one. Take a picture of something. Just whatever. Whatever. I also like that they call back Duke's bypass. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, that happened a while ago. Mm-hmm. But, like, good callback on that. So, Niles drops by. They're mm-hmm. all very concerned. Yeah. Because yep. Jackson's performance is not so good. Not great. Not great. So, but it's okay. Fraser's like, don't worry. I found this videotape of his, you know, King Lear performance. It's going to remind us of how great he is. And once he sees it, he's going to be reminded. Yeah. He'll of remember. How good he is. Yeah. He'll remember what it means to act like this. You know, like do this kind of acting and not like the over the top sci fi acting. Right? Which it's amazing. They put mm-hmm. the tape in. Uh huh. And it's the same performance. It's the same. I was amused that Niles went is so impressed with this idea that he's like, that's why you're the first crane in Crane and Crane Productions. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no one would ever know. But I do like that, like, in his head, like, you're the first one. I always think Niles is the nicer brother. He can be. Yeah. They can both be pretty He petty, always though. says a nice thing about Fraser. He'll be like, points out when Frasier, I mean, sometimes he'll be mean to him, but I feel like says a lot like, oh, you're this. I never see Frasier say this to Niles. He does. I think he does. But no, I agree. I think you're probably right that like you get more positive things from Niles towards Frasier than the reverse. But it, they're, they both can be very petty. Because I feel other. like Frasier is just jealous of Niles sometimes. Just plain old jealous. But that's Niles' whole thing. Niles is jealous all the time. You're jealous all the time of each other. Not. I'm so not jealous. Not you. Oh, oh, oh I thought you said you're jealous. Wow. All- you whispered it. So it was, I thought you said you're jealous all the time. I thought you're doing that thing we do where like someone says something and then you're like, you're blah, blah, blah. Well, it came out. 
Dave's uh-huh. jealousy came out where he's jealous of both Niles and Fraser. He wishes he could be the third crane. I do. The third crane brother. I do. Because he's been practicing that move from the Karate Kid a lot. <laughs> uh huh. That's definitely true. Okay, so, so he, he has basically the same terrible performance. Yep, and this yep. is, okay, all I can think of when he's doing this dramatic voice mm-hmm. is that it makes me think of Gil's accent. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because Gil talks in this very like over exuberant yeah pleasure yeah yeah where he is just like a fake obnoxious. I don't get that like this that like right Jackson you know yeah what's his name what's his Headley yeah Jackson Headley is like obnoxious. I don't because if he was Mm -hmm. the sci-fi convention would be below him right. And it's not. He's showing up and doing the thing for the fans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, because I think the whole thing with Gil is that he's always been doing a stage acting voice. Yes. Which is, I think, part of the reason why, even though now he, his character claims to be straight, people always assume that he's not, is because there's an association between like being a stage actor and being gay and so the fact that he always talks in this is that a thing that's still a thing now i don't think think you get i mean the fact is you still get a lot like a higher percentage of of like theater people are that are like on the lgbtq plus spectrum uh then that are i just think it's not seen negatively maybe right but that's not the point of it being positive or negative the point mm-hmm. is that he's so much that theater person despite mm. being a food critic he's his his it's that persona, stereotype of, yeah yeah okay of being theater person oh i oh, do but- like their plan i like their plan which is because things are so bad uh okay we got to figure out a way to to just not do the show because it'll be too embarrassing so let's do what all good producers do uh, shut it down and blame the director. <laughs> okay, but I love that Fraser says about the performance that he has no instincts. Uh-huh. He just stinks. No, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And I think that's pretty funny. That is that is a good that's a good line. I do enjoy that one also. But anyway, Jackson's there. Which- oh, oh, well, Niles. So they're able to sort of like figure out. They're like, oh, we were too young to know any better. Right, right. They're basically just acknowledging, like, oh, we thought this was so great mm-hmm. because we were younger. And we, this is the first time we were exposed to it. So right. in a way, it was a perfect thing for them because it got them interested in in theater and Shakespeare. Right. But they're acknowledging, like, oh, well, we misremembered it. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So Jackson's there and uh-huh. we find out, well, their plan isn't really going to work anymore. Well, he sees that they're nervous. He's like, right. oh, I recognize that you're nervous first time producers. Yeah. But it's OK because I figured it out. Yeah. I fired the director. Uh-huh. Oh, we forgot to mention the stagehands. Oh, started, yes. So like he's the thing was that he's been doing such a bad job that the stagehands were giving out uh, earplugs to everybody so they didn't have to listen to him. But anyway, so then... And that's like, the reason why he was saying, like, the director was just bad or whatever. Yeah. And that even the stagehands wouldn't listen to him. But uh-huh. that they probably couldn't hear because they had the, right. the earplugs in. Right, yeah, yeah. But now it's going to be fine. Don't worry. That This happens all the time. He's never had a role where they didn't try to cancel before opening night. 
and it's like yeah you're oh, like oh no. yeah well like, fraser does try to so this is when he comes up with sort of a second plan on the fly which is right. like oh you the rehearsal time we've given you was way too short mm-hmm. also like all i can think of is is he still is this show still going on is this a contract issue mm-hmm. with doing this play oh uh i mean I, it's not really clear. I feel like he's not because they said he was. To- mm-hmm. Didn't they say he was Tovor? Oh yeah, maybe. Um, but also, I feel like if he was currently acting, he probably wouldn't need to be doing like children's, like Christmas, like birthday. Oh yeah, parties. he wouldn't have time to do a children's birthday party. Yeah, I guess so. But also, not even that he wouldn't have time. That he'd be currently getting paid by the show. Oh yeah. So he probably wouldn't need to. And then also. But yeah, uh, like, though it was kind of funny. I, like, I really like how Fraser tells him about mm-hmm. the rehearsal thing. Like, yeah, he makes yeah. that reference that is just kind of convoluted. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's like, he, he's saying that, like, you haven't had enough time to rehearse. And like, I like he's trying to be, he's like, we're going to be really blunt and straightforward mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. You haven't had enough rehearsal time for the, the it's, for... Uh, to to reach Parnassus, home of the muses, and then Niles like apologizes for being so blunt, which is like this is such a like I I feel like this is really like again top notch like Fraser Niles view of the world to to refer to like not rehearsing enough to reach the home of the muses is a way of being blunt as opposed to being like yo you need to practice more because you suck which. That's too blunt, but this mm-hmm. thing is super not. But denials it is, and mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. But I love how like Jackson sort of reassures them, and mm-hmm. he does the like says the lines yeah. like as he's leaving the apartment. Yeah, and oh my gosh, the delivery of it is yeah. I just wrote amazing. Yeah, it's a wonderful delivery. The thing is, like, I the- love like his eyes narrowing yeah, yeah. as he like closes the door behind yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, specifically because he's saying like the like all these things ends with saying they lend the eye a terrible aspect. So I think he's yes. doing that like yes. to show that with this like ridiculous. Oh, I mean, look. didn't mention that like he meets Martin in the scene and he says all the stuff to yeah. Martin. Martin's just like same to you, and yeah, just like same. walks off. Yeah. But then he's also like just get basically he's acknowledging that they have a problem and he says that thing. He's just like. Get a chicken and a gator. Yeah. Like, that's audience, all you need. Yeah. They'll eat it right up. Yeah. Um, yeah. This whole, like, everything with this actor is pretty amazing mm-hmm. in this entire episode. And the best part, I realize, of this is, like, he keeps doing all these different, like, Shakespearean speeches and such. And it's great because, you know, this guy has done this well. Like, this, the actor, mm-hmm. uh, you know he knows these He's doing the. He's able to do these because he knows them from having actually performed them on stage. He was knighted for doing these performances, mm-hmm. and I love the idea of him deciding to just be like, take very seriously, doing just the worst possible performance mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. it is just to me really really funny. Knowing that. Okay, so it's it's showtime because mm-hmm. the next section is not called showtime it's, <laughs> it's called cur- it's called curtains yeah yeah i was like it i thought you were gonna say because next section is curtains but you didn't say it you and i was like that's even better good job <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're 15 minutes curtain yep and niles and fraser are just like looking out at all the people <laughs> that are there mm-hmm. 
And they're talking about their smiling faces and how they're going to be a f- be frozen in a rictus of revenge uh-huh. because they're going to be so upset of having to yeah. watch this like appalling like mm-hmm. performance. Right. But also, I feel like that's sort of a, a meant to sound Shakespearean yes. in itself, which I really mm-hmm. like that. That's just why I think that's a great line. Yeah. There. Um, so I like how they're like, there's so many people here at Standing Room Open. Do you think maybe we're at maximum occupancy? Oh, no, it's a fire hazard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, it'd be terrible. The fire marshal was called. Uh-huh. And like Niles making the thing like, oh, yes, it'd be terrible. We disturbed him with a little jingle jingle. Like yeah, he's yeah. going on oh, and on. Yeah, but never actually going to do the thing. Like someone still has to do the thing. Like you're yeah. talking about you're both conspiring, but like. You got to actually do the thing or it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I love that, like, Niles runs off to go make the call. Mm -hmm. But I guess we get interrupted while he's off making the call. Roz shows up with um, Jackson's father. Uh And we find out how superstitious Jackson is. Like, he's the good luck charm. Uh You know, lucky he got there. Uh Because if not, the show wouldn't have gone on. Yeah. So I love that they're like, oh, well, you need to go across town because this is the wrong place. Wrong theater. Yeah. This, okay, this explanation that they try to give him to me is hilarious. Because what he says is that they're performing Cats there tonight. Mm -hmm. And the reason it says An Evening with Jackson Headley on the front is because they got the wrong marquee letters. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is ama- an amazing excuse to me because marquee letters are just literally letters you mm-hmm. put on the marquee. So mm-hmm. the idea that they got delivered the wrong letters. I know, is but he doesn't question so- it. I know, but, but I, I love also it. I also love like when he says like cats are showing there. The father's like, oh, yeah, maybe I want to I I want to stay here and watch that. Mm-hmm. Well, I especially love the look he gives when he was like, yeah, who doesn't love cats? But surely you love your son more. Yep. And he just gives this like. Like kind of a look, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, but also it's, where he hits on Roz is, oh yeah, like why, yeah, why? yeah, yep, yeah. It's weird how often that this kind of kind of sexual harassment. I mean, I if you touch somebody, does that like turn into something else? I feel like it becomes does is it become an assault then? Um, I mean, I think it's still sexual harassment. That's the thing. A, a sexual harassment, a, I an assault a verbal... can be a harassment also. Like, it can be okay, a combined well, re- thing. So regardless what it's it all is. It's bad. You know, he, like, pats her on the butt. Which, like, I get it. It's like, ha-ha. But it's yeah. just like, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he he runs off with Roz. The father runs off with Roz. Mm-hmm. Um, the fire marshal. Oh, so we do hear that the fire marshal is actually busy currently with a five alarm blaze right and i love that fraser's reaction is just like oh the luck you know yeah, like yeah. what luck we have yeah not not that the paper district is currently having yes. a giant fire like oh no for them but like what bad luck we have yeah is very, yeah really amusing to me but by um the, but the fire marshal does show up mm-hmm. okay the scene with the fire marshal is really good is there something in between this um where they go, is this like when yeah, they go yeah, in the no, dressing no. room? So before that happens, it's when they tell him, they tell Jackson that mm-hmm. his father, oh, father isn't going to be there. It. And he's so happy to not have this, like, him there right, just, like, right. nitpicking his performance. He can really go all out now. Yes. Like, you thought you saw something before. Now you're really going to see what the performance is going to be like, knowing his father isn't going to be there. Which, it's going to get bigger. It's going to be an even bigger performance. I don't know. What's so crazy? What's it going to be? I, 
like yeah so he's ready to go but uh but yeah that's when the fire marshal fire marshal shows up Mm -hmm. and they're just like oh no what are we gonna do? But yeah, it's we put okay. Too many flammable wooden chair, like dry wooden chairs, yeah, yeah. out there. Oh no, it's too late. Uh. Um, but I love that he recognizes Jackson. Uh huh. So, so he's gonna let him go because he knows who that. And is. I love they're like we're sold out, and he's like it's okay. I'll I'll sit in the aisle. I know that is my favorite part of this. Yes, is that, that the fire marshal who was ready to shut it down because it's a danger to the like it, 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 there's they're in danger is like now gonna go sit in the aisle to watch this performance happen so i think that's a one of the best jokes in this yeah yeah and like there are some very like amusing parts of this episode but yeah that i think is probably the best part of it like so so fraser's desperately trying to set off the sprinkler Uh which goes off and Mm -hmm. then turns off like immediately right away Yeah. yeah Because only one sprinkler goes. The thing is, that's how it's actually... Okay, not the shutting off part, Mm -hmm. but only one is supposed to go off. Because, like, you see that on shows a lot of times where, like, where, like, once a sprinkler goes off, the entire place, like, starts spraying and everything. That's not what's supposed to happen. That's because those those work by melting. It's also not water that comes out of those exactly. Uh, I think it's sometimes like a goo. it is, but usually it's not anymore. But they're set off by there's a thing, there's a pin that melts, so it's only supposed to go off where it's hot enough. The, apparently, that happened in dorms. Yeah. At my dorm, it happened on like I think it was one floor. I don't know if it was every single room, but it was mm-hmm. on a floor, and yeah. like people's stuff got messed up uh-huh. because of that. And it wasn't. They were like, it's not water that comes out; it's like something else. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that I think now, yeah, it usually isn't water. I think it was water at one point, but like, yeah, it's a it's a like foam. A f- it's a fire suppressant foam that uses like I think carbon dioxide. I think mm-hmm. to like could, to like snuff out the fire. But either way, like, yeah, it's not supposed to set it off around the entire place, but it's also definitely not supposed to just stop. Like, yeah. This. So when Jackson comes out uh, of the dressing room, and then he like. Slip. He, he slips, slips on the, the puddle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like how guilty. Mm-hmm. Like they feel. They feel like guilty. Yeah, but also like the father shows back up. Mm-hmm. Like how he's like, like I gave Ross the slip, and I'm like, weren't they going to the car? Like how would he have done that? Maybe like, he said he was gonna go to the bathroom or something, or you know, I could see it. I could see there being a way. He wanted to watch cats. He definitely. Wanted but I to also watch cats. like how they have that. Like, oh, it's my good luck charm is <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. This. Which wouldn't he be like? Oh, you're actually here. What's going on here? Right. Well, because all he knew is that like the plane was late, so he's probably not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Which. It'd be like no, oh, but okay. I meant the father. Oh yeah, because he's like, "Why are you here when mm-hmm. you're supposedly performing across town, mm-hmm. and they're going to do cats here?" Yeah, it is kind of weird that they don't. He doesn't question that. Yeah. So, but we also don't have time to think about that because Jackson fell, and <clears throat> oh no, he can't perform. Oh, and then Fraser goes out there to go yeah. give the. I like this part where he goes mm-hmm. out there to kind of apologize yeah, how yeah. this isn't going to happen because. He's hurt himself, but then right. he's like crawling on the stage in the background. Uh-huh. Oh, we have to say the really good line, which is Niles, where he says like he's half guilty, half relieved, uh-huh. and uh- he goes, 
It's more 30, 70. 30, 70. Yeah, yeah. That was very amusing because, yeah, it's they're definitely more like, uh, mostly just happy that I don't have to yeah. do this thing. Yeah. But Except they do. They do. They do. I, the scene where he's just crawling across stage, like, into the throne is uh-huh. so good. Yeah. And, like, Fraser's just like, here we are. <laughs> and they just, just accept their fate. Yeah. And I actually love that they try to stop this so hard, but it's continues to happen uh-huh. and like the end the little end scene where niles is watching the show with the earplugs yeah and yeah. Then, like i don't know like, if Fraser, that is that the director it's the director yeah yeah or the stage manager yeah it might just be the stage manager yeah yeah he's a stage manager and he's also has earplugs but yeah. it's like niles is like oh i got him from him and then he doesn't have any left and yeah. so like fraser like walks away yeah like he wants, like yeah, I love that. Even he, he just wants to. Like I feel like I would just leave, but like it's definitely funnier that he just wants more. He just wants his own set of earplugs. Mm-hmm. But yep, nope, he's gonna he's, doesn't have any. Doesn't have any. Yeah, I I feel like we didn't analyze this one a whole lot. We mostly just talked about what happened. But also, I feel like this was a pretty good one to just talk about what happened. There's a lot of good stuff that happened. Yeah, why didn't we really analyze? It? I feel like we did analyze some things. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, well, I guess we did just talk about what happened. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was a quick one because I feel like a lot of this just sort of happened and was done well. And it just, there isn't a whole lot to like think about. It's just sort of episode. I mean, we pointed out the parts where we're like, meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. No, I'm saying like, I think this one, it doesn't affect the actual like overall plot of the show a whole no. lot. It's just a, a fun time that they, we did. We had, mm-hmm. it's fun time episode of a sitcom that can stand alone and just be like, that sure is an amusing episode of tv we just watched so food 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 drinks food drinks liquid Uh, food liquid food uh is just there was a sherry and he sent stage manager for a sprite oh yeah yeah (laughs) i forgot oh yeah that's so weird yeah because he's talking about okay i will say the stage manager at the beginning of the scene says there's 15 minutes and then they say like six lines and then he comes along and he's like 10 minutes and it's like five minutes did not pass in the like brief conversation they just had. CV time, that's. But, but he's like, yeah, but you know, it's uh, electromagnetically synced to Greenwich Mean Time, so it can't be wrong. Oh yeah, like, yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, I was like, well, but it is. It's been like thirty seconds since you said it was fifteen minutes, and now you're at ten. So you're definitely off. Um, no colors. No colors. No. But and here's where we're going to introduce our new section. Okay. Um, so I found this Instagram that it was called like thing thing like words I learned from Fraser, things I learned from Fraser, something like that. Okay. It's not being I don't think I don't think it's been updated for like two years or okay. like a very long time. Okay. I don't But know they talked about like the vocabulary, like words from the show. <laughs> uh-huh. So I thought we could talk about the vocabulary of the show, which we kind of do anyways. Anyways, this episode has a really good word, which is gugas. Oh, gugas. Yeah, gugas is a good word, uh, which I feel like I learned relatively recently. I learned that as a vocab word in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I can't say it very well. I think I learned it from a crossword puzzle. But where it, well, I was going to say the definition. Oh, it's okay. It's a noun. So, it's mm-hmm. a showy thing, especially one that is useless or worthless. Uh-huh. Um, there's also uh, that other word that I said, rictus. Uh-huh. Although it's a good one. Yep. But I don't remember what that is because I didn't write that definition down. I was like, mm, how many vocabulary words do we want? 
All right, but maybe maybe I'll do some other ones. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're kind of late into the podcast center, just and even, but you know, it's like we don't always have the like studio thing. There's usually some like good vocab words in the mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that might be fun if yeah. there's like something that stands out. Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. Okay, rate rate the episode. All right, uh, what do you rate it? Three out of five snappies. <laughs> Uh, I gave it uh, 3.9 out of 5 Claudius's. Claudius being a character, multi- names of multiple different characters that Derek Jacoby has played outside of this show. Wow. So. Wow, that's a deep cut. Did I you know. have a second because did you also pick the same one as me? No. Oh. That was the one I decided on. From we the didn't beginning. even talk about Snappy, which was no. like when Martin is going through the like pictures from the gator farm. Mm-hmm. That's when he names one of the gators. Yep. Snappy. Yeah. Snappy. Snappy, snap, snap. Beautiful. <laughs> um, okay. And then that brings us to the section of the episode called We're Listening, where we respond to messages you send us on Twitter at Fraser Podcast or uh, by email at FraserPod at gmail.com. Uh, we got a few things this week. We got a message on Twitter from Steve Rogers, uh, probably the Steve Rogers, probably actually Captain America, I think, saying regarding Martin saying he's a big fan of Sam Malone, uh, you would be too of a pitcher that your team hit four straight homers off of. And I, I gotta say, I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't know if I'm actually a fan of a. Like, I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of a player just because he does a bad job against the team I care about. Yeah, don't you just feel bad? Well, no, it's mostly just, I mean, it, it's not like I don't. But I think, that isn't that what he says? Well, not he say that? I think Martin says that. Well, I think, doesn't he say to Sam, like, he's a big fan because he hit, because, like, our team hit four homers off of him? Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, that doesn't make me a fan. That makes me happy. Well, you're that not gonna... Martin. Well, sure. I mean, I'm uh, I'm sure there are definitely people that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that my team's facing them right now. But like, I'm not I'm not a fan. Well, it's an easy win is not as interesting to watch as just as a real earned win. True, but also it's a win which brings you closer to like playoffs and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have that sports mentality anymore. I forgot uh-huh. what it's like to feel energized by that competition uh-huh. of just pure hate. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's not about hate. It's about wanting my team to do well. It's yeah, about I love. want my team to do well and all the other teams to just like, you know, do poorly. I mean... Just concede. I only have like one team that I want to do poorly. Mm-hmm. Like, Pittsburgh Pirates, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I that. mean, I we understand like pirates aren't the best like role models. No, I understand. They're really not. They're really not. Okay, and I want to say so both Island Niles Ben and Sean Holland informed me it's not Van Halen that does Living on a Prayer. It's Bon Jovi. I know it's Bon Jovi. You know what? Sometimes. I I was like in my head. I was like, I think this is Bon Jovi. Dave said the thing, and I was like, you know what? Maybe can, Dave knows more. You can just say. You can just say. I thought you were going to say Bon Jovi. So in my head, I was like, I think it's Bon Jovi. And then you mm-hmm. said that. So then I thought I was wrong. You can still just say, I thought it was this thing. I know. Uh, here's I, the thing. For some reason, 
even though I know which bands do... Dave's an authority, so I just No, I'm not. I'm really not. Even though I know in my head which bands do which things, for some reason, I frequently... like. It's like I see the band Bon Jovi in my head, and I say Van Halen. And I don't know why, but that is actually a common mistake for me. Okay, it's weird that that has come up so many times for you. I don't know anything by Van Halen. Uh, I'm sure I do. Jump. Living on the prayer. <laughs> oh, that's not jump. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know you know that one. You probably know others, but I know you know that one. I do know uh, that one. But yeah, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I mix those two up. But in my head, I freak. Like, not, I say frequently. I don't think about it frequently. But like, and the rare times that I do, I it's common that I want to say Van Halen when I mean Bon Jovi, and I don't know why. I don't know either. I don't know. Anyway, so that came in an email from Sean Holland that was about uh, about last week's episode. Okay, uh, which so, is so he said uh, a couple things. Uh, one, I thought uh, Martin was being a jerk, but no. I, what's lo- what was last week's episode? Oh, um, motor skills. So you know, both talking both with the um, it's the car one and mm-hmm. the one where Roz got her puppy. Mm-hmm. So couple things. I thought Martin was being a jerk, but I did like him saying Hank Aaron held his bat wrong. Seems like the exact metaphor he would use, which, yeah, I agree. You're trying I to don't say- even remember that part. So it was when he was saying to Roz that she basically wasn't raising the dog right because she was letting him up on the couch and stand oh, over right, him and everything. Right, 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 right. And she was like, yeah, Eddie does those things. And he's like, yeah, and Hank Aaron held his bat wrong. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree. That's within his character. It totally is, yeah. And then since Ben brought it up, I'll give my views on the Daphne storyline. At the time watching it as a high school kid, I didn't like it. It seemed a bit mean, as ben, and but as Ben said, they didn't have great options. The only other decent option would be to just totally ignore it. Uh, I will say there are a couple good moments in upcoming episodes that redeem it somewhat, including an episode late this season that is very good. I'll say more about it when it comes up. And yeah, so that is interesting to know that like even watching it, then it seemed mean because it definitely seemed mean. It seems mean to me for the most part right now. Well, I think it's I think the thing is just like you can be like Daphne has a flu and then we don't have to have a Yeah, we don't have to have a commentary. Yeah. Martin about it because Martin cares a lot about Daphne and it seems really weird when he is just yeah mean I'm not saying like he's never mean he's He's clearly not just mean he like this is only mean like Mm -hmm. there's like sometimes you say like he'll say things usually if he's saying something mean it'll be to somebody's face and it'll well, be... even when he r- was writing in the journal, which we can take to be as right. like mean, he was writing out of like a frustration. Yeah, in response to something like mean that Fraser was doing. Yeah, it's really weird for us to analyze this. Yeah, it's tough, but like it is interesting to see that it was something that people viewed as, at least John anyway, viewed as mean when it happened. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't know how I would have felt watching it when it happened. Mm-hmm. I and. Because of that different context, possibly. But, yeah. But, yeah, this episode in particular, the, the little bit that was mentioned was definitely mean. Mm-hmm. And made me not happy. But, anyway, on that fun note, yay fun times with our fun podcast about a fun show. That's fun. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? I am Podcast Robot. Nah, get out of here, Podcast Robot. You're not welcome here anymore. Bye. <laughs> wow, that was weird. 
That was weird. I know. But at I think least he's he... hacked the system. I think he's just losing our computer now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's not going to make any sense to most people if you don't if you're not a Patreon subscriber. So if you want to hear the the seemingly ongoing saga of podcast robot ongoing for two weeks now, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TGIF Arcade. This is a big part of our lives now. Here's some of our bonus content featuring Podcast Robot now, I guess. All right. Anyway, with that, this has been episode 812. The show must go off. And this is TGIF Arcade wishing you all good mental health. Cake is good. Get out of here. There's no more cake. I make cake. You're lying. The cake is a lie. I knew you were setting that up. Get out of here. That's why we don't like you, Podcast Robot. <laughs> why are you so mean to Podcast Robot? Don't he tied you up. Put you on the back. That's fine. Yeah. Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs is a production of TGIF Arcade. For more info about the show, find us at Fraser Podcast on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. You can also write to us at FraserPod at gmail.com. Diana is at Sweet Lime on Twitter, and I'm Slow Motion Walter just about everywhere on the internet. If you like the show and want to help us do more, you could consider making a small monthly donation at patreon.com slash TGIF Arcade. Thanks for listening. Good night, Seattle. We love you.